the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. We have a decision, a choice to obey the word or to harden our heart to the word and walk away like this man in chapter 19. James says the doer of the word will be blessed while we see that the disobedient will be distressed. So you can be blessed or you can be distressed. Obey the word, you'll be blessed. Harden your heart to the word and walk away, you'll be distressed. What do you think? Are you blessed or are you distressed? Pastor Dan teaches us today that our stress level is directly linked to our obedience to God's word. If we trust God enough to know that he will do what he promised us, then our stress level will be very low. If we can't trust God, then our only alternative is to try to make it happen ourselves. If we truly have given our situations over to God, then we can be at peace. Let's simply do what God says to do and watch Him bestow His blessings upon us. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 19 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Jesus loves us enough to tell us the truth about ourselves. He loves us enough to speak the truth to us, even if the truth stings. He'll tell it to us straight. He says, okay, if you want eternal life, let me tell you what you need to do. Go sell what you have. Give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And then come follow me. This rich young ruler might be righteous in his relationships with his fellow man, but not in his relationship with God. Remember I said there's two tablets of the Ten Commandments. First tablet deals with your relationship with God. The first commandment of the Ten Commandments is you shall have no other gods before me. And for this man, his riches were his God. His riches were more important to him than his relationship with God. His riches came before God. His riches ruled his life. His riches were the master passion of his life, not God. The main point of what Jesus said here, the heart of what Jesus said was, follow me. If you want eternal life, follow me. Eternal life is found in Jesus Christ. Jesus said that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. But for this man to follow Jesus... He must first remove from his life the thing that hindered him from following Jesus, which for him was his riches, his wealth, his possessions that he trusted in. And so what he says here to this man, this was not some universal command that applies to every person. Jesus 
is not saying to everyone, if you want to have eternal life, you have to have a big garage sale, sell everything you own, and give all the money to the poor. This was a specific command that applied to this man because his heart was set on his riches and not on God. And his riches hindered him from following Jesus. Money was more important to him than following Jesus. That was the issue for him. If Jesus were talking to you today, he might pinpoint something else in your life that is holding you back from following him fully. He might tell you to give up something for him. He might put his finger on something very specific in your life and say, I want you to get rid of this from your life because it's hindering you from following me. Or I want you to stop this activity because it's ungodly. Or I want you to remove this from your life because it has captured your heart and has become the master passion of your life instead of me. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that Jesus loves us so much that he will tell us the truth about ourselves? Aren't you glad that he loves us enough to put his finger on a specific issue or a specific behavior in our life that we need to forsake? And at times, the Lord will get very specific with us, won't he? There's times where he will speak to you in a way that is loud and clear, where there is no mistaking what he is telling you to do. And with this young man, it was his riches that stood in the way of him following Jesus. And please note here that Jesus did not say to this man, you need to develop a better balance in your life between your riches and God. He did not say you need to reprioritize things and make God a bigger priority than he is right now. He didn't say you need to reimagine the role of your riches in your life. He didn't say here's some simple baby steps you can take. He didn't say here's some micro adjustments you can make to your current behavior. No, Jesus said forsake it. Get rid of it. Remove it from your life. Sell it all and give the money to the poor. Then you'll be free to follow Jesus. I mean, this is like when Jesus said, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Dramatic action. Remove it from your life. If you want to be perfect, go sell what you have. Give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then you can come follow me. But then verse 22, but when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This is so tragic. It's just so tragic, isn't it? Here's what happens. Pay attention. Please, please tune in. Jesus put his finger on something specific in this man's life that he needed to get rid of because it was keeping him from following Christ fully. And instead of obeying the Lord, he left. He left. He was not willing to give up that which Jesus asked him to give up. He chose to disobey the Lord and leave and just walk away. Wow. And it says he went away sorrowful. The word sorrowful, it means to be greatly distressed, greatly distressed. 
And why was he greatly distressed? Because he knew deep down in his heart, he was choosing to disobey Jesus Christ. Walking in disobedience to the Lord is distressing. It's distressing. The great evangelist of the 19th century, D.L. Moody, said, there will be no peace in any soul until it is willing to obey the voice of God. There will be no peace in any soul until it is willing to obey the voice of God. And that's true. When someone knowingly walks in disobedience to the Lord, it steals their peace. It steals their peace. It leaves them distressed. And and here is a guy who had so much going for him. He's rich. He's young. He's a ruler. He's moral. He's devout. This guy should have been very happy. This, This guy should have been very joyful, very content. But instead, he was sorrowful and distressed because he refused to obey Jesus Christ and do what Jesus asked him to do. And when the Lord puts his finger on something in your life and tells you to forsake it or to remove it from your life, how do you respond to him? How do you respond to his word when he pinpoints something in your life with his word? When he asks you to forsake something that you don't really want to forsake or to give up something you don't want to give up like the man in our story. In that moment, you have a decision to make. In that moment, you have a choice. This thing in my life that Jesus has put his finger on, I can bring it to the cross. I can lay it down. I can forsake it like he has asked me to do, or I can harden my heart to the word of God, harden my heart to the conviction of the Holy Spirit, and just choose to walk away and go my own way apart from him. Again, how do you respond when God clearly puts his finger on something in your life? Maybe when you're reading the Bible on your own in your morning devotions and he puts his finger on something and says, I want you to get rid of this from your life. Or you're in a Bible study with other believers and he puts his finger on something. Or you hear a sermon. Or you hear a sermon on the radio. I've been convicted by a sermon on the radio many times. I've even talked back to the radio because I was so convicted. My wife and I started having kids because I was convicted by a sermon I heard on the radio about having children. I don't even know who that guy was. (laughs) How do you respond when God pinpoints something in your life? You know, a couple weeks ago, we had the youth conference here. And each night of the youth conference, we had a question and answer time where the youth submitted questions and we had a panel up here that answered the questions. And one question we received was, why do we raise our hands in worship? And those on the panel shared some Bible verses that describe raising your hands in worship and gave some reasons why we raise our hands and what that represents. Well, well, Rick Dellinger was up on the panel, and Rick very candidly said, I don't raise my hands during worship in church. And he said, I, I do in my private worship at home, but I don't raise my hands in worship during church. Well, then the next night, during the question and answer session, Rick brought up that question about raising your hands during worship, 
and Rick confessed that he had been convicted by the scriptures that were shared the night before about raising your hands. And then he said, now I do raise my hands in church. And I thought to myself, that's such a beautiful example of how we should respond to the word of God. We should respond to the word of God with obedience. God put his finger on something in Rick's life. It wasn't a big thing. It wasn't a big deal. And Rick responded to the word and to the spirit with obedience. All right, I hear you, Lord. You're speaking to me. And I'll obey you. In contrast, this rich young ruler, he didn't like what Jesus said. And so he chose to leave instead of obey the Lord. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. In James chapter 1, verses 22 to 25, it says, listen, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed and what he does. Let me just summarize that. James says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. And James says, the word is like a mirror. And the word, as we read the word of God, or we hear the word of God taught, the word is like a mirror. It shows us our flaws. It shows us the things about us that need to change. And God will use his word to put his finger on things in our life that need to change. But again, when we look into the mirror of the word, we have a choice. We have a decision, a choice to obey the word or to harden our heart to the word and walk away like this man in chapter 19. James says the doer of the word will be blessed while we see that the disobedient will be distressed. So you can be blessed or you can be distressed. If you obey the word, you'll be blessed. If you harden your heart to the word and walk away, you'll be distressed. In Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, that's the key, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended, the floods came And the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them 
will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Jesus said, anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey is a foolish person and building upon sand. This rich young ruler was foolish. He was foolish for not obeying Jesus and for walking away. And that brings us to verse 23. Jesus uses this as a teachable moment in verse 23. Then Jesus said to his disciples, assuredly, I say to you, that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, Mark's account of this is a little bit more specific. Mark says, quotes Jesus as saying, how hard it is for those who trust in their riches to enter the kingdom of God. That's the issue. Not that he's rich, but that he's trusting in his riches, putting his hope in his wealth. You know, Paul said, do not trust in uncertain riches but in the living God. Jesus goes on and says, and again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, a camel was the largest animal in Israel at that time, and the eye of a needle was the smallest opening. Obviously, you cannot fit a camel through the eye of a needle. If you go to Israel with us next summer, you'll have the opportunity to try to shove a camel through the eye of a needle. But let me warn you, camels bite and they spit. So you're, you've been warned. Now, when his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, well, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men, note this, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. With man, salvation is impossible. With man, salvation is impossible. There is nothing you can do to save yourself. There's no amount of good works or good deeds. You can't be religious enough or moral enough to save yourself. Man cannot save himself or work his way into heaven. With man, salvation is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. God's grace is so great He can save anyone, even us, through Jesus Christ. Even the worst sinner can be saved if they turn to Jesus Christ. And when you turn to Jesus Christ, all of your sins will be forgiven and you'll receive eternal life and you'll have the assurance that you'll go to heaven when you die. Now, that brings us to verse 27. And in verse 27 now, Peter speaks up. You got to love Peter. Well, then Peter answered. Nobody asked the question, Peter, but Peter's answering. And said to him, see, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? Peter says, hey, the rich young ruler didn't obey you, but we did. We left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? And so Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. When Jesus Christ returns to the earth and establishes his kingdom on the earth and rules over all the earth as King of kings and Lord of lords, 
the 12 disciples will sit on 12 thrones, judging or ruling over the 12 tribes of Israel. They will serve during the kingdom age. The 12 disciples will serve in an administrative role in the kingdom. Now, this must have blown their minds to hear this. They're just a bunch of nobodies from Galilee. And Jesus is saying to them, you're going to oversee the 12 tribes of Israel and my kingdom. Wow. I'm sure that was exceedingly abundantly above all they thought or imagined they would get. Now he goes on in verse 29 and he says, and everyone, I love this verse. And I love that we hit this verse on our anniversary as a church. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands or Florida, for my name's sake, I always put that in there, right? Shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. You know, not all people give up riches to follow Jesus. Some people give up homes Some people give up their family, their friends. Some of you, when you came to Christ, you lost family members over that. You lost friends over that. Some people give up their their lands to follow Jesus. And those who give up something for Jesus Christ will be rewarded by him, and the reward will be far greater than what was given up. If Jesus is asking you to lay something down for him, what he will give you in return will be far greater than what you lay down. God will be a a debtor to no man, no person. It's impossible for us to give up more than God will give us in return. That's the promise here. You're going to get a hundredfold back for what you lay down. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. When the rewards are handed out in the kingdom, we will be surprised by who is honored in the kingdom and who isn't. Those who are humble and small and insignificant in this world yet have faith in Christ, they'll be great in the kingdom. And those who are great and big and popular and esteemed in this world will be last in the kingdom. Now, we live in a world where the first are first and the last are last. That's just the way it is. But in the kingdom, God's going to flip all of that. It's all going to be flipped. And many who are first will be last. And the last will be first. And Lord, we thank you so much today for your goodness to us. We thank you, Lord, that you have come and you died on the cross. You were buried. You were resurrected to provide salvation for all of us. Lord, we know that there was nothing that we could do to earn salvation, to work our way into heaven. But Lord, you have provided salvation to us as a free gift. We thank you, Lord, that you put your finger on things. You pinpoint things in our lives and you speak loud and clear to us. I pray, Lord, that we would always be people that obey you when you speak. We would not harden our hearts and walk away. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, verse by verse and chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. There's so much to gain from spending time with God in His Word. You'd be amazed at what can be revealed to you in a personal way. Did you hear something today that struck a chord with you and you'd like to hear it again? No problem. All of the messages you hear on Ring of Truth can be found on our website. Go to calvaryec.com and search for these teachings under the Media tab. While you're there, you'll likely find and explore other series or teachings that sound interesting. Are you growing through this study in Matthew? We sure hope so. Another resource you might find useful is our podcast. You can subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast as another way to stay connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. If you're interested in learning more about the church that supports this radio ministry, our website has all the information you need about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, that's calvaryec.com. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.